0: I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game, the feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field, making plays, diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men, watching their knees buckle on a call third strike set out bud and then of course the home runs the base hits the big big home runs at the big moments that's a whiff of greatness join us all season long for the joe aguirre story a cmg podcast
1: Thank you, Joe. And you know when we're talking about wiffle ball, uh, spring is here, and Obviously, with spring here, we know this is. We know we have one of the best weeks on the sports calendar this week, and this week definitely is. It always is every year one of the best weeks on the sports calendar. All right, welcome to Sports Talk with R i I'm Steve Rister, along with Justin Afriol. As I said, we got one of the best weeks on the sports calendar. And how about the Patriots? They came out swinging in free agency. I mean, they 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 had a ton of cap space, and they took full advantage of it. I mean, they went out, they signed Matt Judon, they signed the two tight ends Hunter Henry and Jonas Smith, they signed uh, Nelson Aguilar, they signed. Uh, uh, Jalen Mills, they signed that run stopper. I uh, can't pronounce. I don't think it um, product or
0: something.
1: Yeah, the guy, the guy from Miami, they signed him. They got Kendrick Bourne, so they really, really, they had a lot of holes on that roster last year. They really, really loaded up in free agency, and and this Patriot team, I think you know, with all these moves, even if Cam becomes the starting is the starting quarterback, I think this team's an eight nine win team. I don't think I don't think this team makes the playoffs, but I think this is I think this team is close to making the playoffs. But I, this is an eight nine win team. I think this is a team that. uh this this is a team that uh, is is definitely better. I think uh, definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Because you remember they're gonna get they're gonna get Patrick Chung. They're gonna get Dante Hightower back. Now they got Matt Judon as a pass rusher. You got that run stuffer in the middle now. So I think this defense is could very easily be a top ten defense on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be they're definitely going to be improved. You know, obviously they'll be able to run the ball with with uh, with Damian Harris, but I think you know with the, with the two tight end set, with they'll, they'll play a lot of twelve personnel with Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. So they'll run the ball, play a lot of twelve personnel. And I don't think this is a playoff team because because you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting at quarterback. The quarterback's a big question mark. Will Cam improve in year two, or are they going to draft a rookie quarterback? So the quarterback's a question mark. So I don't have this as a playoff team, but I definitely think this is a team that has improved. I think this is an eight nine nine win team. But Justin, I got a couple questions for you. With these moves, are the Patriots the best team in the AFC East?
0: No, not quite. I think I have them right there with Miami. I have them as a 9-10 win team. And actually, in the last hour, they just signed Ted Karras back at center, like one-year, $4 million deal, and Carl uh, Davis. The, so, the, well, yeah, did Ted Ted,
1: is, is Karras did re-sign with the Dolphins or with, or with the Patriots?
0: No, he's, he, he came back to New England. Yeah, that's a Which, downgrade
1: over uh, David Andrews.
0: Cause now it's yeah, cause now it's like Andrews probably gone. Which I thought it sounded like they were gonna sign him. And, and I've heard but, Miami is in on Andrews too. That's what I heard. Which uh, that 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 would hurt even worse. But I, I have him right there with Miami nine ten one team. I think Bill like last year could steals a couple games. You know, um, but I really I really enjoy this, or I'm really gonna like seeing this defense. So Jalen Mills can play all over the field. And Bill loves to move guys all over the place. And I think he's going to be a really solid addition. Matt Judon, I can't wait. I know the last few years he's been down, but I can't wait to see what Bill can do with him. And, you know, you get Tower back. It sounds like maybe they even go after Kyle Noy again. So um, it sounds like that linebacker, um, you know, um, position could be pretty good once again. So I'm excited for that. Um, I, I think our defense is going to be really, really good. It's Yeah, it's the offense. Now, you know, I remember Kim used to love throwing at Greg Olson back in Carolina. You know, it, that was a huge thing for him. Again, use Henry use um, Hunter Henry and Smith, you know, five, six-yard outs or something. Like, you know, something like that, I'm kind of thinking, or really run heavy, you know, because uh, Borden and Aguilar – they don't really move the needle for me because they're not number one guys. I was kind of hoping for like, a – Aguilar
1: could stretch the field, though. He had a lot – he had, like, I think 18, uh, 18 yards per catch last year receive, receiving. So he can he he could can, he can stretch the field, Aguilar. He had a pretty good – I'm not saying Derek Carr made him a little bit better than he was, but he did have a pretty good year with the Raiders last year.
0: Yeah, I you know. I know the drops have been probably – like, Cam can't really throw deep is the only – That's the problem, issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I was kind of maybe hoping for a Samuel, but, again – it's better than what we have, though. So I'm not, you know, sitting here. It's, it's better than what we have, you know. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a playoff team. I think it's a 9 win team. Again, I could see them finishing second, but I still think they're two three games back of Buffalo.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you answered my question. They are a uh, they are a playoff team, but are they Super Bowl contenders?
0: Uh, I think I could see them getting the AFC Championship game with Bill Belichick on the sideline, but I don't see them going to a Kansas City winning. You know, I could see him going anywhere else in January and winning it, stealing it, going going there winning, but I, I just can't see him going to KC. So I, I you know, i mean, if I think I could they could get the AFC championship game, I, I guess they can be, but I you know, if it's Kansas City that they gotta face in the AFC championship game, I don't they're not better than Kansas City at this point. no, no way that Ken Newton goes in the arrowhead and beats Patrick Mahomes. No way. Tip- to be honest, I don't think they're better than Kansas
1: City. I don't think they're better than Baltimore. I don't think they're better than Buffalo. I don't think they're better than uh, than 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 uh, Tennessee. I don't. I don't even think with Justin Herbert and and seeing what the Chargers did in free agency, I don't think they're better than them. I think they're still in the middle of the pack in the AFC. Yeah, there might be a game or two better with these moves. And yeah, this is probably this roster is still with the quarterback play a roster that would that with most coaches would be 500. But with Bill, you probably gave him that extra win. But I still think this is a team that. uh this is a team that's that's a fringe playoff team, and I still I still don't think this is a playoff team. But what I like what they did was, and it shows you they could be, you know, they could they could be having Cam Newton as this, they, they could be planning on having Cam Newton as the starter this year. Is they built the team around Cam's strengths with the two tight ends with uh, Jonah Jonah Smith and Hunter Henry and, and the run game. So then they saw the success you said it, the success he had in Carolina with the in 2015 with the run game and, and Greg Olson. Uh, so they they definitely built this team around uh, Cam Newton's strength. And I wrote an article the other day that I didn't love the Cam Newton signing, but I think one of the reasons why they signed Cam Newton is this could attract free agents to New England, and it absolutely has.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. It, it definitely has. Um, and, you know, it's something, too, where, yeah, Bill really hasn't been a huge spender here in the free agent market. But, yeah, this year with came, and I think, you know, and I and I'm not really surprised. I think Bill's kind of, you know, after last year, I really think he wants to prove a point to the league that, you know, it's not all breed. You know, like you know, I did ha- have some, you know, I did have a hand in this thing as too here. So yeah, you know, it definitely helped that, you know, he was he, again. I know they didn't get any great players, but I think they got a bunch of solid players that have made them better and have and have made the team around them better. You know, like, look, I that, that the offense cannot be any worse than it did last year. It, it's it's an upgrade. You know, the pieces that they've got, they have tried to help Cam around them. You know, and, and hopefully with now a whole off season, getting to know the learning the playbook and everything. You know, he, he does better than he did last year because he can't really play any worse. No, he can't. And, and the thing is, yeah, Belichick absolutely had
1: a hand in what happened. I have a, but I just think Brady had more of a hand in. Why, it was was definitely more responsible than for what happened, but Belichick definitely definitely uh, had a huge hand in it too. But yeah, I think, and a big reason why I think the Pats made a lot of these moves was is I think a lot of teams were were handstrung, uh, handstrung financially because of the with the pandemic, they really couldn't spend money, and the Patriots had money, so they were willing to really they were willing to spend money, and they went on a complete spring. They they took advantage of a, a, an unprecedented situation, just like the Patriots usually do. They took advantage of an unprecedented situation. Yes, it's not what the Patriots normally do, but I feel like it's something the Patriots had to do to get back into contention.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Bill understood that I you know and I think yeah with the pandemic and with you know having so much cash base why you're seeing teams really struggle to get under it right now he's able to go kind of take advantage of that yeah and be able to spend and you know because I look well, you know yeah because the, the draft picks haven't panned out like they did in the beginning for him it just hasn't worked out so yeah trying to find this new formula now for Bill hopefully signing all these free agents yeah taking advantage of having all this money to spend and actually spending it, you know, was, uh, was a huge thing. So, yeah, you know, um, it's definitely you know, been a great thing for Bill and the Patriots right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're looking like a team that, you know, say somehow they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're looking at a 10-11 win football team, and a team that could compete with the Bills for the AFC's title. So, yeah, this is, this is huge to see the Patriots, you know, Spend spend all this money in free agency, and you know, in, in really improve a roster that was, that was that was definitely lacking last year. I mean, a roster that had a very weak front seven, had very weak skill guys in the passing game around Cam Newton. Now this roster is is is, is improved, and, and and one thing we know about the Patriots is they're going to be competitive this year. The only issue though is going to be what's going to happen in the in the fir- in the first round. Are they going to take a quarterback? I still think with cam newton they have to take a quarterback in the first round personally i still think so because i don't think cam newton's good enough to win a super bowl with so i think they have to take a quarterback in the first round this year but the patriots might have the thoughts process process of let's continue to improve our roster and go all in with cam newton it's so so, that's gonna be the interesting thing they do to that's gonna be interesting to see what happens when with the number 15 what they do with to see what they do with the number 15 pick
0: yeah, you know, and what I've been reading it really sounds like they're they want to trade up and go get a quarterback in the first round, which I, you know, it's for me I rather if possible go trade out, trade for Jimmy Garoppolo more than go cuz I don't trust I don't know if any of these other guys are going to be franchise quarterbacks, but after and, Lawrence, and
1: and and Jace put up a comment. This is what Brady wanted 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 them to do all along. Of course. This is exactly what Brady wanted them to do. You know, and he took pay cuts for them to do this. But the Patriots, you know, didn't want to be the team that had a lot of bad contracts for years. And, you know, Brady was able to cover up, you know, being inactive in free agency and not drafting well for a long time. Now they but they realized last year at seven and nine, they needed talent. They needed talent on this roster because without it, they were not going to be Super Bowl contenders for years.
0: No, yeah, it, it was a terrible year. And you just, yeah, tell by the offensive i by the offense last year. Just not having – because we had pretty much the same weapons we did in, you know, Brady's final year here, and we we still won 11, 12 games. You know, last year we won seven. Quarterback made know. a big
1: difference, though. Yes. Quarterback was a big difference. And yes. I thought actually, to be honest, you ran the ball better in 2020 than you did in
0: 2019. Yeah, which is crazy to think about because I would just stack the box with eight, nine guys every time and just – make can't beat us, but – yeah. We, you know, and that, that is a weird thing. Cause it's like, most of that line was still there, you know, 19, most, you know, I know we didn't have Andrews, but Ted Carrots did a pretty good job filling in that year. You know, this year I'm like, you know, Tooney and Andrews, it was, you know, I like the only change was really um, Andrews and like that uh, rookie, like Okuna, I, I can't never pronounce his name. Yeah, he's going to play guard this year. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. So I, I mean, you know, I'm excited to see the, Kind of his, his next step, too, this year and in, in that line. So, yeah, you know, um, it, it was weird how they were better last year. But Damon Harris really came in and it stepped up for him, though. You know, Michelle was – you know, Michelle's really been banged up. So, um, Harris is a really nice um, addition to this roster. And it sounds like they, they're even looking at Chris Carson, which would be another nice – That would be big. That would be a nice ball. one. That
1: would be a good addition. Yeah, Put him yeah. and Damon Harris in the same backfield, that would be really nice.
0: Yeah, because they're going to lose White because he's probably going to Tampa. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I
1: guarantee you White football. will be in Tampa. Oh. That'll
0: be a perfect okay. fit for them. We'll get to that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, it was Brady that wanted him to do this. But, yeah, he covered it up a lot, you know, the last few years here. And, you know, had his been, you know, Super Bowl contenders, and he even won us a couple somehow
1: absolutely that shows you how great he is but yeah going back to the quarterback thing what they do in the first round yeah i feel like they have to draft the quarter trade up for a trey lance or draft mac jones if he's there at number 15 because i just don't think cam is a long-term solution but if obviously if, i i would i wouldn't be surprised if they drafted you know like a Micah parsons at 15 and went all into win with cam
0: yeah you know i i wouldn't mind having a michael parsons at the first round but I, I i'm really at the point where yeah i want to find that long-term franchise quarterbacks. I know Cam Newton's not that guy. I've heard the rumblings of Mac Jones because his stature, no, I'm not comparing his play to Tom Brady, but like his stature and his body, it really does compare to Tom Brady. And I really think that the Patriots like that. So I feel like if it's any of those quarterbacks, it's Mac Jones right now. But, yeah, you know, they really do need that franchise quarterback. Cause, you know, unless it Cam shoulder, I think because I think it's his shoulder. Unless it magically heals over the offseason, I don't see him being too much better. I can see him being you know, a bit better, and, but not much.
1: And Jay said I like the Mac Jones fit, and I, and I, and I do too. I think, I think that would be really good, especially with – he has a good offensive line, good running game. You know, good defense. So if he goes there, he won't be playing from behind as much. So I really, really like, I think they, they, if they can get ahead in games, he could, he could, you know, he could, man, he won't be, a, you know, a super, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he could be, you know, a top 10, top 15 quarterback for if he goes to the Patriots. I, I, I like the fit too.
0: Yeah. You know, I would love to have Mac Jones. I think, you know, yeah, I think he fits. Yeah. I think he fits, you know, with McDaniels. Yeah. The running game, the line defense. I think he'd fit in really, really well. The only thing is, because I think he's going to be a good quarterback. The thing is, I'm not trying to take any way from, Away from what he did last year, but his wide receivers are so good that oh yeah, oh yeah, they didn't have to really. You know, yeah. I
1: mean, when you have Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, <laughs> it's pretty, it, yeah. it's
0: it's pretty easy, it's
1: pretty easy to play to to put up numbers with those guys. And you look at it, Alabama has not produced in the Nick Saban era. Yeah, Tua Tua hasn't Tua is, could potentially be one, but Alabama hasn't produced a franchise quarterback yet.
0: No, they haven't. You know the McElroys, the um, um AJ McCarron, Aaron McCarron. Um, I'm trying to think, Jalen Hurts could potentially be one Jalen too. Hurts, yeah. I'm trying to think before that, they did Coker didn't even get drafted. Oh um, no, yeah. They yeah. got um John Parker Wilson. I Parker think Wilson, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning it, you know, much yet. Yeah, it's like yeah. Most yeah. Of them just turn back up to free agents. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That does scare me a bit, but. Yeah, we'll see. You know, if he works under McDaniel, that I think, too, um, would be a big, big, you know, help for development, too. So, yeah, it is a worry. You know, they haven't had a franchise, guys, by savings there. But, you know, hopefully Mac maybe could be that guy if it's a new one.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. And, yeah, they, because because of all they, what they've done in free agency, they spent a lot of money, you know, building this roster. Now they got to get the QB right. So that, that's what's got to happen for the Patriots. But – we got to get to my team and it was relatively quiet for my team until yesterday when they gave Leonard Williams the big contract 3 years 63 million 45 million guaranteed and this is i think this is a great move for this team i think they needed a, a cornerstone on defense he had a great year last year 11 and a half sacks had two huge sacks and two of their wins at the end of the season against seattle and against the cowboys this guy was a was a beast last year the best player on this team last year no doubt i don't want to hear anybody tell me anybody else was better than uh than, than Leonard Williams on this team because you you have no clue as you're talking about if you if you tell me that anybody was better than Leonard Williams on this team last year he was he was outstanding he was a complete beast uh, he was he anchored this defense last year and he uh, yes did he was he was did he play at this level throughout his because he played at this level throughout his career no but since he's been traded to the Giants especially last year he's been playing at a high level right now he last year he played like a top five defensive tackle and he absolutely deserved this contract three years sixty three million. And I'm really excited to be I'm really excited to have Leonard Williams on this defense for the next three years.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a nice pickup. And yeah, especially um or re-signing. Yeah, it was it was huge for the Giants to re-sign this guy. You know, with how good your guys' your was, he really stepped up his game last year. Um with such an important piece of why you guys are competitive in this division, you know, why your defense was so good last year. Um it, it was definitely a must. Must sign situation for the giants to be able to keep Leonard Williams in town because, um, you know, with with the, with the defense you guys have built to have him kind of in the middle of it. Um, uh, yeah, I think we
1: lost Justin there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For the, for the, for the defense, for the defense we built. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really good to have him in the middle of this. Oh, you're back, Justin.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, to have um Leonard Leonard Williams back in the middle middle of this defense with kind of the core you guys have built for defense for your defense, how good it's been, they keep the you know uh a big part of that here in New York is is such a big thing. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a terrific signing for the Giants. He he was terrific last year. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and as a
1: result of that though. They did have to let Dalvin Tomlinson walk, which I don't mind one bit. I don't mind one bit that they let Dalvin Tomlinson walk. Dalvin is a good player, but number one, he was a Jerry Reese guy, not a Dave Gettleman guy. And number two, he's a one-trick pony. All he could really do is stop the run. And he didn't play – he played like 50% – less than 50% of the snaps last year. So I am fine. I am fine letting Dalvin Tomlinson go. I think he'll help Minnesota in the run game, but I'm fine letting him go.
0: Yeah, you know, because the, um, the tackle too, so – yeah, I know he was a captain, and he hasn't missed a game, I don't think, in four or five years in the league. But yeah, you know, you already have Williams. It's kind of one of those things that uh, it was probably better to move on for him. You know, I know, you know, in the locker it's kind of you lose a lead in a locker room, but it, it was smart to kind of move on. Uh, they, you know, I think you had bigger, after you signed Williams, I think you had bigger priorities after, um, you know, than uh, Tomlinson, I so yeah, it, it makes William sense.
1: Williams was the priority of this offseason. Yeah. They needed to sign Leonard Williams any at any cost, and they did.
0: Yeah, they did. It was smart. They needed to. Um, they 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 really need to keep him around. And yeah, you know, it, the great. It's going to be a good thing that they did. He's really stepped up his game since moving. You know, since getting traded to New York. Oh, he's traded from one New York team to the other New York team. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which is odd, but yeah. And Jace made a comment. I knew he was going to comment about this guy. You know, because he's because he's, he's a Pac-12 guy. He likes the John Ross sign. If he could if he could stay healthy, he could be a solid weapon. And I agree. For what they got him for one year, two million, yeah, high, very low risk, high reward. I'll tell you, if yeah, if he could stay healthy, but that's the biggest thing. If he could stay healthy, I mean, he's been hurt. He's missed almost the entire 2017 season. He's missed almost the entire 2020 season. This was this was a really 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 bad bad pick for the Bengals at number nine because the guy can't stay healthy at all. But yeah. First-round pick for, two, for, for what we got him for, very low risk, high reward. I mean, imagine if he could stay healthy. And, uh, and oh, come on, Jace, schematically Williams is better for Graham's defense than Tomlinson. L-l-l- yeah, it's, it, I don't even care about scheme. Williams is just clearly a better player than Dalvin Tomlinson. That's why you sign Leonard Williams over, over Dal- Dalvin Tomlinson any day of the week. Leonard Williams can do everything. He can stop the run, and he can get pressure on the quarterback. All Dalvin Tomlinson can do is stop the run. You don't give that guy a bunch of money. You don't give Dalvin Thompson a bunch of money. He's a one-trick pony. In free agency, you got to make choices, especially when you potentially have to pay Saquon Barkley down the road and maybe potentially have to play Daniel Jones down the road and maybe even hoping to maybe see if you can get, like, a Juju Smith signed here, too, in free agency. So you have to make choices there. I, I, yes, schematically it is, but also the biggest reason why they why they uh, they, uh, si- they signed Leonard Williams is because he's just a clearly a better player than Dalvin Thompson. Now back to John Ross. Yeah, just so for John Ross, is just a high – a low-risk, uh, high-reward, high low-risk, high-reward signing for the Giants.
0: Yo, yeah, totally. You know, this guys this guy is, has, um this kid is really, really quick. I remember, you know, coming out of Washington, uh, it, you know, the kid was just a special talent. It's, un- it's unfortunate that he, the injuries have really derailed him so far in his professional career. But, yeah, this is a guy, you know, a deep threat for Daniel Jones here. Not the – you know, probably not going to be the number one guy, but – you know, there definitely won't be the number one guy. But, look, he could stay healthy with his speed. He could definitely make a, um, um, you know, an impact for this offense that, you know, they do need some more, you know, they need weapons for Daniel Jones. So, yeah, it's a uh, low-risk, high-reward type situation for the Giants to sign John Ross. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
1: But looking at, you know, some potential free agents the Giants could sign, you look at, you know, Juju Juju's still out there. Will Fuller's still out there? I think those guys could definitely fill that hole at wide receiver. Uh, Curtis Samuel's still out there, so I mean, I would probably think they're more likely to sign Curtis Samuel because Gettleman did draft him in 2016. Uh, with the it was 16, right for Curtis Samuel? Yes, yeah, so I think Gettle- yeah, yeah, because Gettleman did draft him in 2016. So so it's I think it's more likely that Curtis Samuel gets signed by, by by the Giants than Juju or Will Fuller. And then you look at you look at pass rushers out there. You still got uh, Hassan Raddick. Kyle Van Noy, I could see Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy is the one I could see. You also got Hassan Raddick still out there, and you got a, uh, and you got uh, Justin Houston still out there. So there's still some pass rushers. They're not get the, the big names in free agency. And if, if they don't somehow sign Kenny Galladay or Juju or Fuller, the Giants won't get any really big names in free agency because there's no big name pass rushers out of there. As Jay says, Van Noy BYU mm. product. Always looking at the Utah guys. I think Jace would be happy if they signed Van Noy. And I would be happy if they signed Van Noy. I think that would add some depth to to, to this line. And, and, and he fits the scheme too. He he fits Patrick Graham's scheme because he play he was there. He played in New England when when Patrick Graham was an assistant in New England, so he fits the scheme well. I re, I really I, I like I I would really really like uh, if we would sign Kyle Van Noy, and that would add to the depth that outside linebacker with you know the Kyle Fackrells the uh, the uh, the, the, the Lorenzo Carter. So it would add to depth at that position as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, they get, you know, what kind of a, you know, a, 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 a lesser free agent as a pass rusher and even a lesser free agent as a receiver. I think the Giants did a pretty good job in free agency.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Van Noy, it always seems, too, like all these old Patriots assistants love to go after all New England guys. So, it, you know, it always seems like. So maybe, you know, there's always that possibility there. They go get a Van Noy. Um, Hassan Reich was, yeah, one day. I even, you know, I know Olivia Vernon's still out there. you think any chance uh, there's a reunion there or not for Olivia Vernon? Uh,
1: Not really because I don't think the scheme fits that well. I think he's a 4-3. He's more of a 4-3 defensive end than a 3-4 outside linebacker. And we saw that that one year he played. With the Giants in 2018, he wasn't great as a as a three-four uh, three, outside linebacker. He's more of a four three defensive end. So I think I don't think the scheme fits fits that well for Olivier Vernon. He's getting old. and I don't think the scheme fit yeah. is is there for them for him.
0: Okay, yeah, because I think he, Vernon he had thirty, I he's you know yeah thirty two I think for Vernon something like that. But yeah, so yeah, I had um like a uh, Hassan Redick. I even saw Clowny's name, but I don't think I don't think you know, what we saw last year. I. And, he, and he's going to want team
1: more team. money than he's worth. No, I would stay away yeah. from Clowney.
0: Yeah, you know, he, he, Justin Houston would be another good one for the Giants. Um, yeah, if I could take a Reddick, Van Noy, Houston, one of those guys. For wide receiver, yeah, um, Willful would be nice. Because, yeah, you guys definitely need the number one. I like Slayton, but I don't – he's not really – Slayton to me
1: – he's a two to me. Slayton's yeah. a two, so is Shepard. Shepard has issues staying healthy. So, I really want a, a number one receiver on this team. I think Juju would, would give us that if we had it.
0: Yeah, yeah, Juju would. I even put T. Y. But he's been so banged up. I don't know. Too banged right. up.
1: No, yeah. T. Y. is too banged up. The problem Will Fuller too. Will Fuller's just so undependable. We'll get to that. We talk about some of the free agents that haven't been signed yet. But but yeah, Will Fuller's too undependable. So yeah, I, I, Juju would definitely. is obviously my first choice, mm-hmm. but Juju would be my second choice. But I think they're going to be more. They're going to more look at the route to maybe, if they do sign a receiver, be more like a Curtis Samuel. I think.
0: Yeah, which well, would he would be a solid wide receiver for what you guys have. You know, obviously he's not a Galladay or a Juju, but again, you know, he's a solid wide receiver no get him and I think, you know, that'd be a nice a really nice addition for the for the Giants offense.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what the Giants end up doing. I don't think they're going to do that much in free agency. I think they're going to be looking towards the draft to improve at wide receiver. We, you know, if they could get Waddle, Chase, or Smith, that would be great for them. So I think they're going to be looking more towards the draft to improve there. But we'll see what the Giants end up doing at free agency. They don't have that much cap space. So they did free up a little bit because they, they reworked uh, Nate Soldier's deal. But we'll see what the Giants end up doing in free agency. But I don't think they're going to do that much. But we got to get to the defending Super Bowl champions and the team that, in my opinion, won free agency. And I'll tell you why, in my opinion, they won free agency. When you looked at, you know, Levante David, Chris Godwin, and Shaq Barrett all being free agents, your guess was, you know, one of them's probably going to walk. You don't, they're not going to be able to sign all three. But you know who their quarterback is. He takes less money, he saves 19 million in cap space. And guess what happens? They franchise Chris Godwin they sign they they signed Levante David 2 years 25 million he's not he's not getting paid. A, he's getting not he's not the highest paid linebacker and they also even after Shaq Barrett said you're not getting a home down discount they end up getting a discount on Shaq Barrett 4 years 72 million 18 million a year so they won free agency because they got the three key players they needed to get back and i think they got a great great chance to defend this championship next year
0: oh they totally do and people wonder why Tom has one seven seven yeah rings. I mean yeah I mean yeah
1: he's, he is the greatest quarterback of all time Not you wonder that. why well you wonder why Tom's won one and Tom Brady's has seven rings and Aaron Rodgers has one rings one ring Tom Brady uh wants to win he doesn't care about how much money he makes he just wants to win championships
0: yeah man you can tell yeah you know, every, every year it finally people thought oh he's gonna go to Tampa, finally could get the money he deserves but you know it, frees up more money for you know barrett david um and godwin yeah tampo has won the nfl free agency um
1: aj green
0: Uh,
1: you know hey you know what you know what he's he's way past his prime way past his prime he's i think I, i think he's a below average receiver right now aj green but uh but you know I don't think you know he's that much that much worse than uh, Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. and he might take a little bit of praise, a veteran who might take a little bit of pressure off DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, hey, I, 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 I don't mind the signing. I don't know if Jace, Jace, do you uh, do, do, Jace, do you know the number figures? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you, I would
0: have know, seen probably like a one or two year deal with them. Probably, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's a below average average receiver at this point. He was the third best receiver for the Bengals last year, so. I mean, he's not even close one one-year deal. So, yeah, he's not even close to what he what he once was. But, hey, for what they're getting him for, you know, you, you don't mind it.
0: No, yeah. Wow. One-year, $8, eight million. Million.
1: Yeah, you got the numbers us. one One-year, $8 million. Yeah, I don't mind it.
0: Like that. Hey, look, if you could stay healthy. That's been the – you know, because it's, it's, he's another wide receiver. Just had not been able to stay on the
1: field. Yeah, but there were times last year you didn't even know he was still on the team.
0: Yeah, it, there was. Yeah, and I know, you know, the quarterback after Burrow got hurt wasn't great. But, yeah, you know. Um, he's just yeah, he's not the same guy anymore. It's it's a nice addition for the Cardinals offense, AJ Green, but yeah, he's nothing like you know, he was, you know, five, six years ago, and he, he was definitely one of the top guys, top wide receivers in the entire league. So yeah, it's unfortunate. It's another one of those situations, really a no lose situation for the Cardinals here. So yeah, I don't mind it adding more depth to that wide receiver position for a team that really loves to throw the football.
1: No, 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 not at all, not at all. But going back to the Buccaneers, uh, yeah, the, with the moves they made, they ve- and also I forgot about this—they signed Gronk too, so that you know they got the chemistry between Brady and Gronk. So Brady did a great job of restructuring. Now this team is in great, great position to repeat as Super Bowl champions.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, you never, you know, I know Gronk said he was in it with test reagents, but you never knew he—you knew he was never going to leave Tom Brady. He, you know, you knew that was coming. But yeah, you know they're probably not James White in the next few days, so that's, that's perfect kind
1: of for a team that yeah. probably won't re-sign Fournette. So you know that yeah. that could James White could be could you know be an extension of that running game in the short passing game for Brady. And you could also use, you could also use White as a running back too. Hey, you could use him and Ronald Jones in the backfield. So yeah, it's just they're just where's the holes on the where's the hole on this Bucks team? You maybe could make an argument, maybe a little bit in the run game. Definitely not on the offensive line. Definitely not a receiver. Definitely not a quarterback. Definitely not on the defensive line. Definitely not at linebacker. Maybe a little bit in the secondary, but Antoine Winfield's a good player. And, you know, Carlton Davis has definitely improved in the secondary. So there really are not much holes. I think the Bucs have the best roster in football right now.
0: Yeah, they do. Uh, I, I got to agree with you there. This, You know, they're, they're – yeah, because it was not – I would probably say – the yeah, Saints they, they, they,
1: were there last year with some they, of the, you know, they, the Saints, you know, they, they, Hendrickson, they don't have Hendricks, Trey Hendrickson anymore. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is is gone. Uh, they they got rid of Quan Alexander. I think their roster, and they're still, still a top roster, but it's still, I don't think it's as good as the Bucks roster.
0: No, I think the Bucks, you know, yeah, definitely have that top spot right now. It's just, it's a great, yeah, it's a great all around roster. They don't, you know, if the yeah, because I think maybe there's like probably the it's either that in the running backs, it's definitely the kind of their big flaw, like they, they're you know kind of hole, but it's not even that big of a hole where yeah, it's crazy. I, I agree, it's this Tampa team's really, really scary. I, I could, you know, I, I think this is like a 13 win team, you know, uh, with Brady, yeah, it's it, this Bucs team 100% right now, the best roster in the entire NFL at the moment.
1: Yeah, I could easily see it for the Bucs, 14 and 2, 13 and 3. Look at their schedule this year too. I mean, they play they play the NFC East and they play the AFC. I mean, the AFC East is a little bit better, but they still they play, they play the Jets too. So, look at their schedule. I'm definitely and, and the and, and really the NFC South is is not we don't know what the moves they are making, but the Falcons aren't that good. The Panthers aren't are, are they not Falcons and Panthers right now aren't playoff teams. The the Saints roster isn't as good and and they might not be as good a quarterback so I think this is a 14 and 2, 13 and 3 team for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. it was 13 and, 14
0: and two. 13-3 team. Well, I, I, I could see it, yeah, because you know, again, like if even even if the Panthers go out and get to Sean Watson, they don't really have a ton of. They're still, they're still,
1: they're still not, yeah, they're they still not as good.
0: No, they're not. I'm not. I wasn't. You know, I'm saying they, they, you know, they're even if they got him somehow, they maybe 500, maybe they might be better yeah, than the Saints, but, but they're not better than the Bucks.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, they still won't be better than the Bucks. Yeah, like the Saints are the only team that could contend with them in this, in this division. But yeah, I, 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 right now at the moment I see the Bucks still being like two or three games better than the new ones. Saints at the moment. So yeah, you know, Tampa could run away with this division just like, yeah, you know, very, very easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of the
1: saints, they, they had a busy week too, as Drew Brees retires uh, from the NFL great career, outstanding career. He's clearly a first ballot hall of famer. Super Bowl 44 champion, Super Bowl 44 MVP, uh 2009 NFL MVP. So no was he the MVP in I don't know if he was the MVP in 09. Oh, Payne, I think, it was the MVP that year. He was close to winning the MVP that year. But yeah, Super Bowl MVP uh in uh in super in Super Bowl, uh in Super Bowl 44, beat the Colts that year in the Super Bowl. And You know, and his career was, you know, it started slow. He had that shoulder injury at the end end of his time with the Chargers. But then he completely revitalized his career in New Orleans. Uh, You know, he was just outstanding and well-deserved first ballot Hall of Famer. But now the Saints got to move on. And at quarterback, it's going to be an open competition. Sean Payton said it between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. It's going to be interesting to see how that ends up working out. But I do think Jameis Winston with a year, I think he should be the starter. And with a year in this system with Sean Payton, I think he's. I think he could be pretty good. I don't think. I don't know if the Saints are going to be. I don't think the Saints will be as good as the Bucs, but I do think they're going to be a playoff team just because of their roster. Because if you know Michael Thomas could stay healthy, you got it, You still have one of the best backs in the league in Alvin Kamara, a top offensive line. You got Cam Jordan, in the, and that defense is still top ten with Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and uh, Mar- and uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams. So I still think the Saints are a playoff team with James Winston at quarter. James Winston or even Taysom Hill at quarterback.
0: Yeah, you know, for Drew Brees, the. It- Phenomenal career. I know he wanted to get that second one. He wanted to, you know, he very easily could
1: have got that second yeah. one in 2018 it wasn't
0: for that terrible call. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that, that, you know, it's unfortunate that, 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 you know, that, that call happened. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it, absolutely stunning, you know, fabulous career, 20 years. And, you know, with his size too, and just, you know, right now he's the all time lead. I know Brady's probably going to pass him, but right now, to, you know, we, being the all-time leading passer in the league, um, yeah, it was a really slow start for him. And again, a lot of you know, a lot of people didn't know if he could make it in this league because of his size. And he proved a lot of people wrong. He had a you know phenomenal career with the New Orleans Saints. It's unfortunate he couldn't get a second one, but um, yeah, so you know, definitely no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer. He had a great career. Um, you know, for next in line for the for the Saints, you know, um, signing Jameis Winston and then. Re restructuring Taysom Hill's deal, which I couldn't understand, given a, what the four-year, like one hundred sixty million or something that they, they, they gave him. I, you know, like I don't like right now. I I see Hill getting the starting job just because of how much you're gonna give him.
1: Yeah, but if that but be- that contract's voidable though. That contract's voidable after after this year. It's not it's not that bad. That that contract's not that bad. That's that that, that, that that's avoidable contract after this year.
0: Okay, I just you know it, to, it's still just a weird move, but I I still don't understand it, why. But that why they, cause I you know why they gave him all that, even they could make it. It made even uh make it a like avoidable contract. Um, uh, but like I, you know, Jameis, cause he has such a big arm. It's just if he just could stay away from the turnover, he can stay away from that big mistake. I think he could be a really good court, not a really good, but he can be a solid quarterback in this league. He just has to stay away from the, you know, from the bad decision-making. Yeah. In Tampa.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that in, in the Saints team. Him, you know, staying away from that stuff, you know, protecting the football, you know, you know, not making as many mistakes and making some big plays. I really could see that this year.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and again, maybe, you know, and I know, I know he kind of fit Bruce Daniels' system with the way he wants, like a lot of deep throws and kind of just, you know, with all the interception, like – where it's like for Aaron's, he doesn't, you know, i take all the shots you can, um, but yeah, so I, I could, you know, in a uh, Sean Payton system, I can really see James Winston fit um, fitting. Uh, James, oh yeah, he got the uh, the uh, Lasix, yeah.
1: He's good with yeah. ints. We'll see there. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what yeah. happens there, Chase. We'll see. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the Saints do at quarterback. I still think they're a playoff team, but they're not as good as the Bucs. So we'll see what happens there. But we got to go to another free agent who got some big money this morning, and that's Trent Williams. I mean, six years, uh, $138 million, 20, $23 million a year. I think this is a really good move for the 49ers. Even though he's kind of – he's 33. This is a really good move for the 49ers because they – with Jimmy Garoppolo missing a ton of games in the, in the last three years – they, they need to have somebody protect their quarterback, Dep- no matter who their quarterback is. Say they trade Jimmy Garoppolo and trade for Sam Darnold. They need their quarterback to be protected because that's been the biggest reason why the 49ers have had bad years in 2018 and 2020 because they, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt.
0: Definitely, you know. Um, 33, so it's a little, but yeah, they definitely need the signing, especially how good this NFC West is going to be. They really cannot take any chances. Those, and, uh, and, and all the pass rushers you
1: got to face in this NFC West, you got to face, you know. Aaron Donald of the Rams. You got to face, and now J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. So you got to face so many pass rushers, and in, in, in Leonard Floyd. So you got to face a lot of good pass rushers in this division.
0: Yeah, you do. So it makes sense to have one of the best um, offensive linemen in the league. So yeah, you know they 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 had to keep him around, you know, to try to keep Garoppolo healthy. Because again, yeah, you lose hit, Garoppolo, you you have no shot at keep competing in this division this year. Just how good, how deep it is.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you if you lose Garoppolo, you're 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 done. You're done just like they were last year. Like just like them in the middle of the year last year. They were done because of you know, because Garoppolo got hurt got hurt and then the season was over. So yeah, in this division, you gotta keep your quarterback healthy. That that absolutely has to happen.
0: Yeah, you know, and all the injuries last year with you know the rest of the team too. Eh, they hurt that all those, you know, they lost all those guys. It was a you know, it was a tough year for the for the Niners. So yeah, you know, they got it. Stay away from hopefully stay away from that injury bug and versus you know again help, hopefully helping that will be Trump Williams so keep Garoppolo healthy.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. Had a really good year last year. I mean, after the, after they traded for him, they got a, only a fifth. They only had to give up a fifth round pick for him. So had a really good year last year, and we're looking forward to see what he's going to do this year with the Niners. But we'll look to some other free agents who haven't been signed yet, and there's three. I, they're all they're all wide receivers, and the first one is Kenny Galladay. And I think a big reason Kenny Galladay hasn't been signed is because, you know, he just doesn't get a ton of separations, and he missed a bunch of games for the Lions last year, so he's not dependable, and he's a really big. He's great at getting jump balls, contested ball, getting jump balls, but he's not great at getting separation, separation. So that's I think that's a big reason why Kenny Galladay hasn't been signed yet. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the thing about Juju is he's never – he had a really good year in 2018, 2018 when he was a number two to Antonio Brown. But since he's been a number one, he hasn't put up huge numbers. And I think that's a really, really big reason why he hasn't gotten a big deal. But you could argue last year that Big Ben fell off at the end of the at the second half of the season. And that uh, that uh, the, then you saw the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh the year before was absolutely terrible. But if you're going to be a great receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, those years when he was in Houston before Deshaun Watson, he still put up big numbers. If you're going to be a great receiver in this league, you saw Larry Fitzgerald in his career with bad quarterback play, put up big numbers. So Andre Johnson put up big numbers with bad quarterback play. Calvin Johnson, before Matthew Stafford got there, he put up numbers. So if you're going to be a great receiver in this league, you're going to be worth $20 million in this league as a wide receiver, you got to put up numbers no matter who your quarterback is. And I think that's the bigger issue with Juju Smith-Schuster is you just can't put up big numbers with a bad, with bad quarterback play. And, this, and lastly, Will Fuller, the biggest reason is just lack of dependability. He's, he's got talent. that He just is not dependable at all. And I think that's a big reason why, uh, you know, be, why Will Fuller hasn't been signed yet.
0: Yeah, you know, Galladay, yeah, it's kind of banged up last year. You know, and I think for all three guys, you're just right now with how the market is and with everybody trying to get under cap, I think, you know, yeah, they're not getting what they want. Um, you know, yeah, Galladay, Juju, and and – both of all are really good wide receivers um but yeah you know um and I think too you know for some for these you know wide receivers it's kind of you know scheme fit and how you know I think it's a big key for for this as well and maybe it's not that those scenes, you know like if Kenny Holiday I could see and you know, um and going like the Giants I don't think the Jets anymore after Davis that's what he's on Davis or um uh, maybe like Miami like there's a couple of teams I could see him going to, but yeah, he's, if he can stay on the field, he's a really talented wide receiver. Um, and then with Juju, yeah. After Brown left, you know, he, he, he was a really good um, number two wide receiver. And then, yeah, he kind of got the promotion to be the number one guy. And it really, you really, yeah. You can talk about the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He, he never really put up the big numbers. Like he was when he had Antonio Brown, as the number one guy, so yeah, I think there's, you know, some hesitation there with teams to give him all that, and yeah, Will There's an, he's another guy, he has the talent, yeah, but he just has not been able to stay on the field, he's getting older too, so it's another kind of tough situation for him, you know, coming off the PDs, that suspension at the end of last year, you know, which probably did not help his cause in the, you know, this stuff right now, in the Aussie, you know, so it's a, you know, your time for some of these wide receivers, but, um, you've got the talent. I just don't think most of these guys are getting what they want because of, uh, the new salary cap. They trying to kind of get under it and, you know, not yeah, going to they- pay $20 million.
1: No, these these guys are not worth. These guys, the teams do not want to spend this kind of money on, you know, lack of dependability. And and there's nobody that nobody none of these three receivers have proven they could be a could could either stay healthy or be a true number one receiver. And teams are just not going to pay that kind of money if you haven't proven that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And all and and yeah, and it's such a lead now where it's so pass heavy. You got to have that number one, you know, wide receiver for your quarterback, and all three of them. You know, I like. I think you know, Galladay, Galladay's. You know, would be kind of the top guy in that list. But yeah, if, if you're not, you're not hurt. You know, if you're hurt all the time, you, you can't. Um, it's it's tough to throw money around at these guys. You know, in, in the NFL, you know, for no one guy, it's just it's it's too risky. So, yeah, you know, I think that's why um these guys just aren't getting what they want right now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll now go to the Jets and some of the moves they made. They made two moves that were more about potential. Potential, I feel like, than production. They signed Corey Davis, three years, thirty-seven million. Yes, last year he had a pretty good year, but he was a top-five pick and really hasn't hasn't really played up to that. He's been good, but he hasn't played up to being a top-five pick. And they signed Carl Law. And they, and they signed Carl Lawson too, three years, forty-five million, another guy with potential, but really hasn't shown. He's had, he's had a couple like five sack season. He really hasn't shown a ton of production. So the Jets go off potential. Than production, and in my opinion, I don't think that's how you should really be going out. Uh doing do, you really should be doing things in free
0: agency. Yeah, it was inter- you know. I Corey Davis move wasn't bad. I think you know, they need another wide receiver because I like Crowder. If you can see, you know, he's another guy that's been kind of banged up always. You know, Th- Denzel Mintz kind of showed some signs last year of you know, but again, he was injured most of the year. So yeah, they need another wide receiver. Um, I, I just think right now that Jets just, you know, probably, probably think they're another year or two competing right now. They're just trying to build something for the future here, even though, again.
1: And Jay says potential know. overproduction should be okay if you're rebuilding. If you're drafting players, yes. But if you're signing players to deals that are worth $15 million or if you're signing players to contracts, no, it's not. You know, okay to be pick going production over potential over production? No, you got to sign guys off production. I mean, come on now. I mean, dude, uh, yeah, you could draft off potential, that's fine. But when you're signing players to to make your roster better, no, if you don't see that they produce, you shouldn't be spending money on them.
0: Yeah, it's one of you know. I didn't look. There's no great because I know the Jets have money, but there's not that great free agent issue that like big superstar free agent that's out there. And yeah, I think I think for the Jets, they kind of know that they're still kind of, especially with the AFCs. I think they're they kind of know they're still a few years away, unfortunately for Jet fans. I think they, you know, are just trying to we just you know continue their rebuild. And you know, I, I for the loss one, I thought it it's because the Jets really didn't have much of a pass rush last year. So it does it, add
1: a little bit of pass rush. It, I'll give it you does. that.
0: Again, yeah, it's nothing great, but it does add a little bit to the patch, which, again, hopefully they get, like, a C.J. Mosley back next year. You know, Marcus May played well in the secondary, so it's like they kind of have some pieces there, you know, because they put a, you know, we'll see what they do in the draft, but, you know, a couple nice additions for the Jets, but, yeah, I I think these moves are, they kind of know they're still nowhere near from competing for a playoff spot.
1: No, no, not at all. We'll go to the AFC West and some big moves in the AFC West, especially in the offensive lines. You look at the, uh, you look at the Chiefs. They signed Joe Tooney, uh, five years, eighty million. After they released Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, so they needed to get some sort of, uh, they needed someone on that offensive line so to make it just, you know is to make it like a, a decent offensive line, which are, and it's enough for Patrick Mahomes to not make it the offensive line that it wasn't the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. I don't mind that move. Uh, you got uh, the Chargers signing Corey Lindsley, uh, five five years, sixty two and a half million. Definitely good, a great addition there to get a center with Justin Herbert. I think that's a great addition. That was one of the worst offensive lines in football last year, and, and an interesting move by the Raiders. They cut Rodney Hudson, which. I think he's gonna he's definitely gonna get signed in the next couple of days. And they do sign Yachting Dockway, but I don't get some of the Raider moves on the offensive line. They trade Trent Brown, they cut Ronnie Hudson, and you've seen when the offensive line hasn't been as good, Derek Carr just hasn't been as good.
0: No, he, and the Raider one too with Hudson, they lost money from doing it. They took like a 14 million dollar cap, I think my brother said they're not happy about it. <laughs> they were not happy. You know, but they, they you know they they re, they tore up the whole um offensive line pretty much, um, you know, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, so I didn't get that one. The Nakwe, they couldn't get off the field on third down, so I kind of like this move for him. You bring in somebody, a uh, good pass rusher. Uh, yeah, a team that really showed it's the a quarterback last year. The Chargers adding um, Lindsey with the, the center. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a really nice move for Herbert to protect him around, because, yeah, they, they really strove to keep him healthy. Um, and you know, so I thought it was a good move there. The Joe Tooney one really the gut punch, you know. I know <laughs> PC. I love Joe Tooney. I I know they weren't gonna resign. I was praying that they were gonna be able to resign him. Um the guy he's, I think he's allowed like three sacks in like the last four three, four years. He's he's been unbelievable. Um it's definitely an upgrade for the Kansas City Chiefs. That, that one hurts. I really gonna miss Joe Tooney.
1: Oh, you definitely got him You definitely got him You know that that one definitely is going to hurt hurt you guys. But you did improve your offensive line a little bit. But it doesn't get it doesn't get it's about the same. I feel like than it was than it was last year because you did you did add Trent Brown. You do have the the last year the guy the guy who played tackle the rookie who played tackle. He's going to move inside. So the, so the offensive line is going to be as good. But yeah, it definitely hurts losing a proven guy like Joe Tooney uh, off that offensive line. But we, we got to get to the uh, to another team that improved the other AFC team that improved their defense. And that's the Titans signing up. Bud Dupree, five years, eighty five million. They also though, lost Jonas. As we know, Jonas Smith and Corey Davis. But they did improve on the defensive side. And that was their focus. Because they do have A.J. Brown, Derek Henry, and, and they paid Ryan Tannehill. So you got to make choices in free agency. And I think. It's a decent move for Dupree, but it doesn't make. I don't think it makes their defense that much better because he never truly proved to be the guy in Pittsburgh. I, I felt like T.J. Watt was the guy, and he's coming off an ACL injury.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, coming off the ACL injury is tough. Yeah, you know, he had so many great other defensive guys around him. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, it's a, definitely an upgrade for the Titans. Again, they were last in sacks. They were just awful at getting any pressure on the quarterback. So, I do like this move for the Titans. If he can come back healthy – um, I, I think it could be a really solid addition for Tennessee, adding Bud Dupree.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But we got to talk about some of the journeyman uh, QBs who were signed yesterday, and one very controversial signing. We know the Bears were high on Russell Wilson, and and I heard they offered three ones, a third round pick, and two starters for Wilson. Seahawks didn't take it, so their second prize and, and a consolation prize, which is not good at all, is they had to sign Andy Dalton, one year, ten million. And this better better not be. The Bears' uh, solution at quarterback because it is, if they don't if they don't draft the if they don't draft the quarterback in the first round now, and this is their solution at quarterback, Ryan Pace should be fired immediately, immediately fired. That is a horrible, horrible move. That if they don't draft, even though they're number twenty, they're gonna have to trade up because Andy Dalton is not the answer. It's not is not a long term answer at all. He is worse than Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is, de- is definitely a better quarterback than Andy Dalton right now. Mitch Trubisky can move. Yes, he, Trubisky makes bad decisions. and he's, he's, he's inaccurate, but at least Trubisky is mobile. And if you look at the Bears' record with Trubisky last year, I mean they they were they were three and zero before they benched him. Uh, he lost the Green Bay game that he, the Green Bay game and the Detroit game. So that's three and two. Then they won the next three. They were six and three with Mitch Trubisky. Six three with Mitch Trubisky as their starting quarterback, and and now they now they're going uh, to downgrade uh, to to get a. Uh, to get uh, Andy Dalton, this is this is a failure by both uh, um, um, Matt Nagy and uh, and Ryan Pace, more Ryan Pace for passing on Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and then uh, and, and, and then uh, and then obviously drafting Mitch Trubisky, but uh, then Matt Nagy goes in and wants Nick Foles to be there. He wants them to sign Nick Foles, to trade for Nick Foles. So they do that. Didn't work, and and they had to go back to Trubisky last year. And now, uh, and, and now they, they now they're probably getting, they're going to get rid of Trubisky, and now they got Andy Dalton. So it is a mess in Chicago with the quarterback position.
0: Hey, it's brutal. Uh, yeah, this poor Bears QB carousel they're they're going through right now. Um, and the thing about Dalton is too is he had all those weapons in Dallas too last year, and he's still showing. You know, he showed flashes at times, but that obviously he wasn't great. Now he doesn't have anybody with said Don Robinson.
1: Yeah, and David Montgomery was okay last year, but he's but he's but he's inconsistent.
0: Yeah, again, they they got to really upgrade that line too. Uh, again, it's just uh, poor. You know, it's gonna be a long. I don't see this Andy Dalton thing working out very well. Uh, again, and then how much you keep? What a twenty-five million dollar Nick Fold on the bench? Like, I it, it, this this move is not paying out. You, I know they I know you said they're twentieth in the draft. Drafting, you know, in the first round, they they have to trade off for a quarterback. They have to, unless they somehow. I wonder. I know that you know Texans don't want to shine Deshaun Watson or trade Deshaun Watson, but I you know have they put in that offer to, to Houston? I you know I don't. You know I don't know. They got to do I something. They got, but they uh, because Andy Dalton is not the answer. No. Oh God, no! Not hey, at that's all. not going to pan out. I think not at all. With their defense, baby six wins at the max six the wins team? at
1: most for that football team next year with yeah. Andy Dalton as the starter. Yeah, that's uh, I
0: 6 and
1: 10 I <laughs> that's what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. And we'll get to uh two of the other uh, quarterbacks that uh signed contracts. Ryan Fitzpatrick one year 10 million with Washington. Eh, I don't mind this move, but the issue with this move is is they could have traded for Sam Darnold. I think they would have been better off trading for Darnold. Even though Fitzpatrick has been better than Darnold over the last couple of years, I feel like he Darnold's younger, and he has more upside than Fitzpatrick. Even though Fitzpatrick does make some plays, he also makes some terrible mistakes, and is going to put their defense, that defense, in bad positions at times. And the uh, Texans signed Tyrod Taylor. Texans had to get somebody. They're probably going to lose Deshaun Watson. They need to get get someone to just just to look capable at the position, and that's why they signed Tyrod Taylor.
0: Yeah, yeah, the fifth one. I'd rather see Washington, yeah, go young with a Sam Darnold at this point. But you know, it, unless it, you know or like a trade, trade, or I mean, drafting somebody. So, yeah, you know, rather than Fitz, Patrick, another kind of one-year kind of fix here. Again, it's definitely an okay one in that division. You know, um, he played well last year before they benched him in Miami. So, he looked, you know, for the most part. Um, So, yeah, I I think Washington needs to go young. And then Tyra Taylor, you know, He's been a he's been a decent quarterback. He's been able to stay away from the interceptions when he's played. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of if you know, or if or when they ever trade Watson, they do they do need a quarterback there. So yeah, you know, there's not much around Tyrod Taylor, but I think he's a decent quarterback. Obviously, the big downgrade from Deshaun Watson, but he's a decent quarterback to bring in for you know a year until you can really figure out who you want next next in line to be your franchise quarterback. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, both those teams. I mean, I think say the Texans trade to Sean Watson. They're 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 probably gonna uh, say they trade him to the Panthers or the or like the Broncos, they're definitely gonna they're definitely gonna draft the quarterback in the first round and Taylor will this will be the only year Taylor will be on the team. And for Washington, I think Ron Rivera just feels like, you know, I could win the NFC East with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The NFC East is not good and I could win it with Fitzpatrick.
0: Yeah, yeah, he definitely can. I think, yeah. Figured one year here, you know, we can take a longer assessment of who we want to be our franchise guy. And, yeah, we take a, you know, take a chance here in Brian Patrick, And so, you know, win this league with eight, nine wins, maybe, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I don't mind, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind this signing with Brian Patrick, but I'd rather see him go young. But, yeah, it, it definitely could pan out for the Washington where the rest of the NFC East is right now. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So lastly, we'll talk about uh, the guys who stuck with their teams and we got Aaron Jones, four years, 48 million with the uh, Packers. And then we got a uh, Leonard Floyd with the uh, with the with the Rams. And I like both the moves. I mean, yeah, yeah, they made the Packers could have signed Lindsley or him. They had to choose between the two. They chose uh, Aaron Jones. And for the Rams, you know, you keep that that, that defensive line uh, strong with with Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald.
0: Yeah, you know, Aaron Jones, yeah. Um I know they lost Jamal Williams last night to Detroit. Um, so yeah, you know, again, Darren Jones's been really good running you know, he good running back. I think the average like, over five to care last year. I think he's only got like, two career fumbles too in it you know, since he's entered the league. So um he's been a nice um a nice piece to the Packers offense. So yeah, you know, I don't mind the re signing there by, by the Packers and the Leonard Floyd. Yeah, you know, um, half sacks last year. Again, him and him and Aaron Donald with that, and then the rest of that defense is just yeah. You know, keep that defense attack is 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 key. You know, I know they got Stafford's upgrade over um, Jared Goff, but yeah, you know, another like, good good you know good thing here for for the LA Rams to be able to keep Leonard Ford in LA. You know, and that that defense stays stays pretty scary.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Should be one of the best defenses in the league next year. So we are going to move on to March Madness, but before that, we got a promo from Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast, Keys to the City
0: keys to the city baby when well, you see so up you know by Kobe, we'll float in Shaq and then Shaq goes like this and the rest is history pay attention don't tell me what to do devil woman so what you saying, what we saying, but speaking I of those Lakers but, but I hold on but I didn't make don't Trevor, you hold I didn't make I said Denver's going to win yeah you did you said that there's no other show like that Clover Quest is doing great things right now
1: streaming everywhere thank you Trevor and 10 now that- Ted, that was keys to the city. You know, they were on last night talking about NFL free agency. They'll probably be on on Friday talking NFL free agency and March Madness. And speaking of March Madness, the NCAA tournament official f- begins tomorrow, but it officially, everything will begin on Friday, which is rare, which is different because it usually begins on Thursday, but now it's going to begin on Friday this year, but we're gonna start with the region yukon's in the east region the uh east region uh, e- e- uh, east region Yeah, east. East region. Yep. we're gonna start with that region the yukon's in the east region with uh with the, that region with Michigan Alabama, Texas Florida state uh so lSU so we'll start with that region and we'll first talk about yukon's matchup against Maryland you know I think this is I think this is gonna be you know this is gonna be a good game but I think this' is a game Yukon could win because here's here are my two reasons my number my first reason is, there's no player Maryland has on that floor that's better than James Boaknight. Nobody on that floor is better than Boaknight, so I think that's my first reason. And my second reason is there's no one on Maryland that's going to be able to that's going to be able to stop Sinago. So I think if they can get the ball to Sinago inside, and they could uh and they could, and Boaknight could have a good game, and Maryland really doesn't Maryland has really has good guard play with Wiggins, Morsell, and Ayala, but they don't really have a good inside game like they did last year with Jalen Smith, or like like they have in the past. So I, I really think that. This is going to be a win for UConn. I think they win it by, you know, seven to 10 points. And I think they advance to advanced the next round.
0: You're confident. I'm not that confident right now.
1: Ooh, really? Um,
0: I do. The problem is, again, here I go again. But, you know, actually, even what I'm about to say, even Calhoun kind of criticized early the other day about it. Maryland is going to grind you out, they're going to play in the half court. And as we saw Friday, Coach McDermott changed that thing up after the first media timeout and said, we are not running. We are going to play in the half court, and look what happened. They did absolutely nothing. Daryl Marcellus is the big Ten defense player of the year. He is a really solid defender. I think Boltonites to be able to get some points, but they're good, but he's going to need some help around them. They have to somehow run because Maryland is going to grind you out. And that scares me. Yes, Sinago should have a big day because Dante Scott, it's only he's six foot seven. should be able to. Uh, if he can stay out of foul trouble, he should be able to again have have uh, double-digit points. This game does scare me. Maryland, you know, uh, they're they're really solid defensively. So this game actually scared me because even uh, I was reading an article. John, even Jim Calhoun uh, said this, this: they need to run more. They need to be up more up tempo. So,
1: <laughs> Calhoun's getting so. critical now. You know what? Calhoun's getting critical. You got to start listening.
0: Yeah, you know, so it seems like everybody knows that this this UConn team should be up tempo beside Dan Hurley. So,
1: because uh, oh, you know, Calhoun's only. coaching them, they're up tempo.
0: Oh yeah, you yeah. know, like that um that um and that side the dream team back in nineteen ninety, uh, when they just had Chris Smith and Calhoun. You know, they did the press because they that's what you do. You better
1: not play half speed with Cal with Calhoun as your coach, or you are sitting down.
0: No, yeah, yes, you will, and he <laughs> would not take that. Um, and then, actually, I just wanted to mention this, too. So, um, you know, me and show about a few weeks ago. So, the scoring from this team in 2011's national championship team, um, you know, Kemba Walker had 23 points. Jeremy Land had 11. Everybody else in that team averaged five or six points. And that's kind of what this team is. It's Boak Knight. And then it's kind of like, uh, RJ you R.J. Know, Cole. R.J. Cole, Tyrese Martin, you know. And then it's like everybody else. They can give you, you know, seven, eight points a night, you know, um, which is a big, big help. And then the last thing is too, actually now this is the last thing. So since 2002, there's been one national champion um, that had not been in Kemp, um, Kempom's offensive, offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, I bet you can, you know, that the one team was 2014 UConn team. Yes. Yeah. You can guess that. Yep. Yeah, and the six teams this year are Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois, Houston, Purdue, and UConn. So, you know, if you go by that, that you know, you kind of like UConn's chances, but um, this this is going to be a really tough matchup. I you know, I am very concerned for this matchup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. if, if they could uh, contain Boaknight, yeah, they could definitely have trouble in this game. I just don't think that Maryland has the interior scoring to win this game. I think they're, I I think it's going to be a a close game, but I just don't think Maryland has the interior scoring. That's why I think UConn wins it.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I think, um, yeah, Scott's every 10 a game, but I, I didn't think Creighton really did either, but you know, they did a great job last week doing it. They, they destroyed them on the glass, you know, so, yeah, you know, I think this team comes out plays better this um, Saturday night. I, I do think they get the win. But, again, I, I think it's it's like Friday. It's just kind of uh, – it's going to be low 60s, I believe, or high 50s. And they got to be able to run. And I think if they can get Maryland to play up-tempo, I think they can win this game. Dan Hurley, press Maryland, please.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Hurley does there. So, now, what do you think the chances are for this team throughout – in this region? Now – Friday night, I, I felt like with, the, with their loss to Creighton, that was a very winnable game against Creighton. Creighton did not shoot th- shoot the ball from three at all. They did not shoot the ball well at all. So I thought that was a very very winnable game for the, for them against Creighton. So and they didn't win it, and Knight didn't take over. I just don't see this team making. A, I think this team got in the right, you know, got on the right side of the bracket, but I don't see this team making see this team making a run because I just don't think that this team, you know, I don't think I, I just can't see Boknoi taking it all the way. Kemba can can. And I just don't think this this is a great team. I think I got this team in my bracket losing in the second round to Alabama.
0: Right now, I do too. I have them losing Alabama. You know, again, they you know if they do face Alabama, you know, which they they should get by Slick Rick and the Iona Gales. Um, I um, you know again they they match up well with Bama because they don't have much of an inside game either. They're gonna run with you. They take a lot of theories. Nate Oates is really analytical. He loves to get threes. They love to get layups, and they love to get to the line. That's like the you know, they, they love doing all those three things. Uh, look, it, you know, is better defensively than they have been the last few years. Um, they don't get enough Yeah, Herbert Jones is
1: really good defensively. He is.
0: He is. And I don't think, you know, the this, this Tide team gets enough credit because they play so fast that, you know, their opponents do get so many possessions as well that, you know, their games are usually more high scoring. Um Again, yeah, Friday night, you know, it was a game they should have won. You know, I know it just – they're often just out of sync the moment they went to half-court offense, Uh, you know. um, But, I, you know, in this region right now, if they can get hot and if they can play their game, I do see this team making a run the second weekend. I don't – you know, again, I don't know if they get to – I think they could get to the second weekend if they can play – Up-tempo, they can play good defense. If guys can step around Bognite, because Bognite was not healthy Friday night. You can see the cramps are still bothering them. Um, But, you know, I could see this team making a run. And then, actually, Dan Hurley does have a lot of respect for Nate Oates because I remember when he had um, E.C. Matthews up at Rhode Island. I don't know if you remember him. I remember the name, yeah. Yeah, um, Nate Oates was actually his high school coach. So when Dan was recruiting E.C. Matthews, um, when his brother Bobby was still out on his staff at Rhode Island, and he said, hey, you know, when, whenever you get a um, head coaching gig, go get NATO to as assistant coach. He's that good. And Bobby hired him at uh, Buffalo, got the job after. Bobby left for Arizona State, and the rest is history. So wow. um, dan, Dan's dan got a lot of respect for Nate Oates, So So, um, you know, I think Alabama will, will beat him if it get, gets to that point. But – I could definitely see them knocking off the current Tide. I think they match up well with them. I think they—they—they you know, they, they got the right—they're in the right region. I think they got the right two seed for them.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But we'll preview uh, the uh, the East Region, and uh, yeah, obviously, look at the East Region. You got Michigan. We talked about Alabama, Texas, Florida State, and UConn and LSU. And I think this this is an interesting region. I think this is probably the most wide open region of any region. Uh, in, uh, in any of the four regions, I think it's the most wide open region. So I think I think in this region, I think Michigan is definitely not a sure thing. I could be. I, I, I'm not going to give away my pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if LSU with the talent they have, with with Thomas, with Thomas, with uh, with Javante Smart, with with Wofford, with the talent they have, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU upset uh, Michigan. Uh, and you look at Texas. I think if they could get uh, Jones. And uh, they can get they can get Jones they can get they can get uh, good inside play good, good uh, I think with their guards I think Texas has a very good chance of winning this season, and you, we already talked about Alabama so I think this is a very very interesting region the East region
0: yeah it's wide open you know I don't know what's going on with liveridge he's going to play they should be able to get by Saturday without him um, depending on who they ever they play in the playing game you know everyone's that playing game you know LSU St Bonaventure it's it's I could see both the the only thing I worry about St. Bonaventure because you talked about, so I won't really mention because LSU could definitely win. I could definitely see them making a lead a run here. St. Bonaventure is so good defensively. Um, Kenny Lofton is a really, really good guard, but they're Kenny Lofton. The
1: Kenny Lofton. Yeah, you probably remember uh, the name, right?
0: Yeah. Um, former Indian, yeah, former Indian
1: Yankee. Yankee yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so St. Bon, they're last in the country in bench points and like. Um, Bench, you know they're they're in minutes per game by the bench so they're really starter heavy um oh please don't, don't
1: sleep on byU come on if they J-
0: could shoot if they you know if they if they can hit knock down some shots they have size yeah I and, they, they, and they did they they
1: did and they did give uh and they did give Gonzaga I mean, a good game in the in the championship in the uh did. in the west coast conference championship
0: game yeah they did so um, I, I could see BYU making a run this week 16, especially to get a UCLA, if the UCLA beach mentioned state, you it's really banged up. I could see it. Texas, I, Texas, I, I think could make a run. They played well in the big 12 tournament. I like the way they're playing, but you know, there's still some flaws with this team, but there's still, they still have some final four potential. I, it, this is definitely a wide, wide open um, bracket. It, it's definitely the wide open one.
1: Absolutely, and absolutely, this is the most wide open of, of all of them. So, speaking of that, who is your team, your sleeper team that no one's talking about that can make a run in this region?
0: I have the LSU Tigers right now. I, I think the way they can shoot the basketball, I think Cam Thomas is a good enough guard where he can make plays in March down the stretch that can win you game. If LSU can get enough stops, and I, I think, and if Will Wade can draw up some better end-of-game plays oh. here, Man, yeah, no, we saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel pretty confident that LSU can make a run the second weekend a Elite Eight. Again, the way they shoot, and if they match up with an Alabama again, I, I could see them making the final four. But if the D can make that, because uh, Waterford been playing, I think he averaged like over twenty points in the SEC tournament. He's playing really well. They have you know, they have the scoring. It's can they get stops in this um in the tournament to be able to win this game or to make a run?
1: And I actually agree with you there. I agree with LSU. I have, actually have them in my elite A. I I have them in, yeah. in my elite A in this region. So I definitely agree with you about them being the sleeper team that's going to make a run. What is your big upset in this region?
0: I got nobody's really about, Abilene Christian knocking off Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. This is wow. a team that gave Arkansas they can handle. They lost by 13, but I, Arkansas hit some shots late. And a team that only lost by seven to Texas Tech. This is a team that could score. They got some size, um, you know. They, again, they've already been in a tournament too. I know Kentucky absolutely whiplashed them a couple years ago, but um, yeah, you know, battle between Texas colleges, out, you know, a newer D one team here, and this team, they they, they force over twenty turnovers a game with their pressure. Again, Texas is, if Texas comes in here, Lucy with the ball makes some bad bad passes here. Abilene, you know, the, you know, they they can get some and you know the Wildcats turn that into layups. I I could see Abilene Christian knocking off the Longhorns. I really could.
1: My big upset is uh UNC Greensboro over Florida State because of Isaiah Miller, two times a uh, uh, Southern Conference Player of the Year. I'm going with uh, I'm going with UNC Greensboro over Florida State. That's my big upset.
0: You know who the, the last region. player was? Oh, sorry.
1: No, you no, go on, last- go on.
0: You know the last player was to win two um Southern Conference um Player of the Years? No, Steph Curry. I'm wow, not wow, wow, Steph Curry. But he he. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Miller is a really really good guard. I that that was a close one for me, but um I, I love watching Isaiah Miller play. He's a he's really really good.
1: Yeah, that's 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 my big upset. So who do you think wins the East Region?
0: Right now, I um. I got Alabama at the moment. I'm yeah. I got Alabama at the moment. Um, I like Nate Oates. I think they play better defense than LSU does, and I think that what gives them over the top right now. Um, But so I I got the Crimson Tide right now going the final four. I got Texas going to the final
1: four, beating LSU in, in the Elite Eight. I thought their inside game was outstanding against uh Oklahoma State. I, and I know they were a little lucky because they didn't play that semifinal game against Kansas, but I really, really like their inside game against uh against uh, Oklahoma State. And I, I think that I, I think that uh I think that their guard play is very, very experienced, very good with Ramsey, with Andrew Jones, with Coleman. So I'm gonna go with Shaka Smart and the Longhorns to get the final four in the East Region.
0: Yeah, you know, I that that was right there too. I was kind of, I I was thinking about Alabama or Texas, but um, I decided to go with, um, Alabama or Texas. So we'll see, you know, you maybe you know, maybe, you know, maybe we we'll see each other in Sweet Sixteen.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think there's, I have that, I have that in my bracket. I have them playing okay. the Sweet Sixteen. So we'll go to the West Region, and and uh, obviously Gonzaga is the number one seed in the West. You got Iowa, the number two, Kansas, the three questionable with Kansas to see who's going to be at that game, first game or not. You have you have, you have uh, yeah, anything got, new on that?
0: I got info. David McCormick is leaving, or he will arrive at Indianapolis Friday. We'll be able to play Saturday. Jalen Wilson will not be available until Monday. I guess he's coming up this weekend, so they won't have Wilson at Eastern Washington. Um, and then like Tristan, you're bringing as a Texas game. Um, I think he's two until next week. Or until next week. He tested
1: positive for COVID, so I think he's out for another. He may not arrive till next week. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, my preview this region is: I think this is a really, really good region. I think you know, with Iowa and, and Gonzaga and uh, and Kansas, Virginia, the de, the de facto defending national champions. But I don't really call them the, the defending national mm-hmm. champions. But yeah, but yeah. And then you got Oregon in this region, so I think this is a really, really interesting region. Uh, but, Justin, what are your thoughts on this region?
0: Yeah, you know, um, this is a region where Gonzaga's already beating the 2-3 the two, three, and 4-seed already. Um, and it's a region, too, where, you know, the 3-4 three, three, three and 4-seeds right now are kind of battling some COVID issues. Um, again, this kind of really seems like a big Gonzaga runaway. Can Iowa play enough defense to hang it around in this region? Um but it you know I, I could you know see to a twelve. Drake. Jay says Drake sure is the sleeper. Healthy. Jay says you know, Drake they,
1: is the sleeper. I I could come on now, you know, come on, Missouri Valley Conference team, come on, dude. Drake is Loyola. the sleeper. Loyola. All right, all right, all right. I watched Drake play at Loyola. I was not impressed at all.
0: No, they 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 had guy. Yeah, well, no, was he hurt then? I think they had one guy out at Loyola. They had two out for the Missouri Valley tournament. They're both back. Um, they'll be both be back tomorrow. But I, I could see Drake here going on a little bit of a run. Um, but this should be a really interesting, you know, who can take down Gonzaga because it's a lot of question marks right now, in the, you know, from the, you know, two, three, two, you know, the, the some of the top or the three and four seed right now.
1: Who is your team that can be a sleeper that no one's talking about in this region?
0: I had Dana Oldman Oregon Ducks. I knew you
1: were going to say Oregon.
0: I, you know, uh, I know Jason's probably liking the pick, but um, I really do like him in March. I know they they didn't play well against um Oregon State the other night, Friday, uh, Friday night in the semifinal or in the set, in the Pac-12 tournament. They're 11 3 with Will Richardson in the lineup. Chris Duarte, this kid is a all-American if he played on the East Coast. If he played for the East Coast, this he's that good. Um uh, um, their big guy transfer from Rutgers, uh, Eugene or, um, Omar, Um he's averaging like 16 points a game. Um, he's been a beast inside again. They, they switch up their defense. They go, you know, play different zones. They play the man, to man again, that could, 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 can, can confuse some teams. And I kind of said it last week, you know, I, I think this team's a top 15 team. They didn't have all the injuries and COVID issues. I think this is a dangerous seventeen. I get, I get the Ducks being the sleeper in this region.
1: Uh, my my sleeper is USC. I think because of mainly because of Evan Mobley. I think they're they're my sleeper. I think I have them beating Kansas in the second round, losing to uh, Iowa in the uh, in the Sweet Sixteen. But I think they're definitely my sleeper in this region. But Justin, who is what is your big upset in this region?
0: I get the Ohio Bobcats. Um, Ooh, Ohio
1: over Virginia.
0: Yep, I and I know Virginia's time back. But I um Jason Preston, this kid's an NBA prospect. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to because did you watch when they played Illinois? Oh did, no, did you, no, they, no. They they, they should have beat Illinois. Oh really? Did, you know Black Friday. Yeah, you know, he had 31 points. Uh, Jason Preston. This you know a lot of people are gonna learn this kid's name. He had no offers coming out of high school, so it's been one of those store, You know, cool stories. Um, uh, of you know. Guys been able to really surprise a lot of people. This team could score, um, you know, with Dwight Wilson, their big guy as well. This team could get up and down the floor and score some points. They're not great defensively, but you play a Virginia team again. they, You know, they have trouble scoring, and it is. So I I really like this Ohio Bobcat team. I could see them making a run here in the Sweet 16. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of this Bobcat team. They're playing really well right now. They're a five seed in the in the MAC. MAC tournament and they've been playing a lot better. That's,
1: that's why I didn't like picking them up for an upset. I don't like a team of fishes fifth in the MAC to pull an upset in the NCAA
0: tournament. They, you know, they had some injuries, they had some COVID issues. So it's kind of been an upseat tour. It's the defense. It's their defense is not great, but if they, you know, it, but they can outscore anybody, I feel like, or teams, not everybody, but I, you know, in this area here in their region, I, I think they could, you know, be able to score teams, pull some upsets.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. And my uh, my upset is UC Santa Barbara, who finished in first place in their conference, beating Creighton. I feel like Creighton's a team that lives and dies by the three. They look terrible in the Big East Championship game against uh Georgetown. And I think I think I think it's gonna be a problem against UC Santa Barbara. So my upset pick is UC Santa Barbara over Creighton. But Justin, who you got winning the uh, West region?
0: I got Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga beating the Ducks. Um you know, I, I feel like in this kind of, you know, they got a – Gonzaga's got like a favorable 4-5 or five seed in this region here. You know, both kind of going through some issues. So, I got Gonzaga, and then the bottom half, I got the Ducks. I feel like they can make a run. I could – I I really haven't made my official one yet, Um, but I could definitely see a Oregon-USC US, Sweet 16 game. And I got I, – you know, um, I, I like the Ducks here to make a run at that 7. I think they're dangerous.
1: I got chalk for this one. I got Gonzaga and Iowa, and I want to see this matchup. I want to see those three All-Americans, uh, uh, Corey Kispert, uh, Jalen Suggs, and uh, Andrew Timmy go up against the best player in the nation, uh, Luca Garza. So I really want to see that matchup between Iowa. And there's another matchup later on that I, that I really, really – that's the match I'm looking forward to the most in the NCAA tournament, even even uh, more than the national championship game if that matchup happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a matchup I'm really looking forward to. If if it happens, I really want to see Iowa and Gonzaga go at it, and I got Gonzaga beating them to get to their second Final Four in five years.
0: Yeah, that would you know Gonzaga Iowa that would be a uh, that would be an absolute track meet. It'd be definitely both teams be scoring over eight points. Uh, that that definitely be a fun game to watch.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll go on to the South Region. And in the South Region, we have two really good teams and one really good freshman. I think that's kind of the story of the South Region. We got a, uh, we got Baylor, we got Ohio State. You got Baylor obviously with their three guards: Mitchell, uh, Butler, and Teague. You got Ohio State, and there's another thing I just cannot believe: why Dwayne Washington hasn't gotten any, you know, any looks for the NBA? Because that kid in that Big Ten Championship game was outstanding in that game. Him and EJ Liddell, really good players. Ohio State very capable of winning that region. You got Arkansas with Moses Moody. And, and obviously, you got some teams that are very questionable. You got Purdue at the number four seed, very young team. Villanova without uh, Colin Gillespie. You got your boy, the number six seed, Chris Beard, and Texas Tech. So, and, and you got North Carolina. Obviously, you got North Carolina, who's probably overseeded in that region too. So, you know, interesting South Region. What are your thoughts on it, Justin?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, North Carolina being eight SEC, I mean ACC bias. But <laughs> yeah, you know, who am I to say? You know. Um, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, um, couple of really good matches. You know, Nova so banged up against going to be a really solid Winthrop team. I know everybody in America, you know, loves Winthrop right now. Um, but yeah, this is um, but Baylor, they're so good. You know, like um, just you know, this team just they have so much talent right now. Um, this is another one where it's you know I'm trying to kind of find a who Can kind of beat Baylor, you know. I don't want to pick all these one seeds, but um, another solid, solid, um, good read. But right now, you know, obviously the one seed looks like the favorite again. Arkansas, I think, could give them a run for the money. You know, Ohio State, can they get Kyle Young back? Um, it, it's a big question of how far they can go,
1: absolutely, absolutely. You know, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how far Ohio State could go, but I do think they very easily get to the Sweet 16 because I think they could be. They beat, or they'll beat Oral Roberts. They can beat whoever they play in the, uh, in the second round, Virginia Tech or, or, uh, or uh, uh, Florida. So I, I think they'll Ohio State, well, I don't care if Kyle Young's out or not. I think they'll get at least the Sweet 16. Then once they get into, like, if they have to go play Arkansas, then that, that, that'll determine if they need Kyle Young or not. But, you know, uh, in, in this region, uh, who who is, your, who is your sleeper team in this region?
0: I, you know, I've been going back and forth on Winthrop and, and Colgate because
1: everybody's on Winthrop. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Utah gonna... State's going to – of course he's picking Utah State. Okay. Of course. You know, they can't, win, they can't win the Mountain West, but they're going to be, you know, a team that played in the national championship game two years ago. You know, and, hey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know it's March Madison only only 11 11th seed. So we know Jace is picking that because he's biased because his mom's – his mom went to Utah State.
0: Yeah, you know, hey, I, look, I, I could see it. I'll, I'll talk about my my Chris Beard. I I I he is no longer my favorite coach in college basketball anymore. That I'm done with that. What
1: happened? What happened there? The what Texas happened? game.
0: Three games in double digit leads. Just kept throwing them <laughs> away.
1: So now it's so now you're done with Chris Beard.
0: Yeah, it's so I'm on the Lon Kruger. Lon oh, Lon Kruger.
1: Kruger. Lon Kruger. Oh man. Okay. okay. He's okay. been a
0: okay. solid coach. Okay. This,
1: gotcha. You know, gotcha.
0: I get the Colgate Raiders. I, you know, I think really wow. One of, one of my
1: friends said that too. Uh, Colgate was pretty good.
0: They are, yeah. I don't. Uh, 2018. Remember, they went left by seven to Tennessee as a, as a 15 seed. Um, their best player actually went to Cincinnati. Uh, as a grand transfer last year, um, so he's gone from that team. But Jordan Burns can really shoot. This is a team that they're really good with the ball. They share it. They they take care of it um look it's going to be a huge step up from competition that's what i'm worried about in this game but arkansas is not great defensively i feel like if colgate can get some stops they you know they still have some key guys that were on that team for 2019 i think they very well could pull off a game against arkansas this is like one of the most um excited first round games i'm i'm you know ready for it's like the second game kick the tournament on friday like I'm I'm excited. This this is going to be a track beat. Both both teams love to shoot the three ball. Both teams hit a lot of threes, so I'm excited. I think Cole can do it with the way they shoot the basketball.
1: Yeah, we'll see there. My sleeper is Winthrop. I just think 23 and one. Uh, the number twelve seed. I got them going to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I, I got them making a run this, to the Sweet Sixteen. This team definitely could make a run. I think this is the mid major that can make a run. Looking at their record, uh, I got them beating Villanova because Villanova's banged up. So I got Winthrop. That's my sleeper team. But Justin, what's your big upset in this region? It might be the same team as same as your sleeper, right?
0: Uh, yeah, no, actually, I'm I'm going with I ain't going back to Chris Beard here. I oh, am. really? Wow. You're going. With,
1: you're gonna uh, you know, make Jason's mom proud and go with Utah State.
0: No, I, I did think about Utah State knocking them up because I, I could definitely see that with the way Utah State can score. Texas Tech is just they, they, they just. Took, besides Mac McLon, they they have nothing right now. Um, but I like the way they defend. I feel like um, the way, yeah, the way Texas Tech's like, defense. I feel like they can win a couple games if anybody could step up besides Mac McLon. I feel like they could go on the sweet 16, maybe even a lead eight here. Uh, but they have to have the second guy. Um, again, Chris Beard did not really impress me. Now, one of the things is his associate coach left to go to Georgia Southern last past year. So something kind of, I'm wondering if the assist, the associate head coach kind of was the kind of the big help for him, And, and maybe someone's run, I don't know. I, I'm starting to maybe go lean that way. Um, but I, I still will take Texas Tech here. You know, if they look terrible on Friday, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm done with Chris Beard and Texas tech, tech. I wow, I will not wow. be creating him anymore. Wow, 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 wow. So
1: we we kind of did it in reverse with you. You did we did your uh we did your you know upset pick and then we did with the Colgate and then we did the sleeper right there.
0: Oh, my bad. I thought You said upset and then sleeper. My bad. Yeah. Oh, that's so. fine. That's
1: fine. That's fine. That's fine. Because I did I did my upset pick and now I'm gonna do my sleeper. No, no, I did my sleeper and now I'm gonna do my upset. This is gonna surprise some people. I'm going North Texas over Purdue. And here's why. In the in their in North Texas championship game, they they contained a pretty good big from Western Kentucky. They contained him. And I think that, you know, Purdue's best player is a big, a young team. I think that happens again. And I got North Texas pulling off the big upset over Purdue.
0: I like that one. Yeah, you know, I I really do. Um, because they're they're really great defensively. You know, they yeah. did a good job on Bassie on a Saturday night. Their issue at times is, is is scoring. At times, they they kind of go through lulls. But I I could definitely see that Matt Painter's kind of been a guy that's you know he's, he's been vulnerable to the to those up first round upsets. So I think it's a good one. That that is one I'm still thinking about. You know, but um, I that that's a good one. North Texas. So who do you got winning the South Region? I got Baylor being Arkansas. It's it's chalk right now. Um, you know that's why I'm you know, still kind of. But uh, at the moment, I just think Baylor, the way they defend, um, again, and just get forcing turnovers. The way they, again they're shooting forty percent from three, like you know they just have so many weapons. I just feel like I don't think there's a team right now in this in this region. Again, if Noah was healthy, I would love to see that matchup. Um uh, just could both teams they really play the same way. I think Baylor would beat Nova, but I, I'd still be really intrigued to watch that game. Arkansas, I think they can make it make their way there. If they can knock down the shot, they can play enough defense. Um, but I got the Baylor Barrett on the final four. Yes,
1: my I have a chalk. I got Baylor and Ohio State. I it's gonna be a great game, but I got Baylor going to the final four as well. The last region, the Midwest region, and to look at that region, I think the biggest story is you got to me the best team in the country, in my opinion, Illinois, and you got one of the best players and the consensus number one pick in K. Cuttingham. and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's the worst job the committee did it this year was having Oklahoma State as a number four seed. How do you give a team that beat that beat West Virginia, they beat Baylor, and then played Texas, who had a day off in the big, they lost to Texas, who had a day off the day before. That is absolutely ridiculous how this team wasn't a three seed and gets paired with Illinois. That's absolutely absurd, the seed that that Oklahoma State has. They should not be a number four seed. They're playing better. It's not even all Cade Cunningham. Anderson's playing better. They got Isaiah Likely back. Boone's playing pretty well, too. They're playing better as a team. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous, that Oklahoma State is a number four seed in this bracket. Absolutely absurd. And then you look at the rest of it. You got Houston out of the AAC. And then you got uh, West Virginia, another really good team. That's the number three seed. You got uh, Tennessee, San Diego State. Uh, you got Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech, and you got Syracuse in this bracket. Uh, but yeah, it's, but I just think it's absolutely ridiculous to have to have uh, to have Oklahoma State as the number four seed. And let me tell you one thing: this is all I ask. From, all I ask in this tournament, could I please see Illinois play Oklahoma State? Because if I can see Illinois play Oklahoma State, I'll be more excited for that game than I'll be for the national championship game. To watch Cade Cunningham go up against the best team in the country, that's the matchup that I want to see. That is the must-see matchup in this tournament if it happens.
0: Really? That's up there. I, I would think in Gonzaga, Baylor. You know, I think Gonzaga's side would overwhelm him, but uh, I want an upset, so I guess I'm not rooting for that national championship. You don't want I, yeah, too,
1: I, would, I don't want too many. I want maybe an upset here or there, an upset that I pick. But I don't want to. the tournament loaded with upsets. Then that, that, that it ruins the entire – it waters down the whole tournament. I,
0: I love that. I love you
1: love things that? Things. You love the, oh, love the tournament that. being watered down yeah. like that? So oh, you like yeah. the year when Loyola the Chicago made that run oh, in the yeah. Final Four?
0: That's great. I love those. They played Kansas had, like, State in the George Elite George Eight. Mason.
1: But, yeah. no, George Mason because they beat UConn, that's why.
0: Yeah, and that year when Loyola
1: yeah. played Kansas State in the Elite Eight?
0: Yeah. You come actually on, like that? Great. That's a definition of March Madness. Come
1: on. Definition of March Madness, but come on. It gets a definition. little ridiculous there. It gets a little ridiculous. there. I
0: love it. oh, that that's great. I love it. Like the Florida Gulf Coast won't we'll
1: we'll that be a topic next week about upsets and stuff? We'll have that be a topic next week if we like upsets or if they're too. if what are what our thoughts of upsets are in March Madness. Right. We'll have that as a topic..
0: All right, I'm, I'll be ready for that one. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. for this one, um Illinois. Definitely, right now they—they they, they, right now they look like the best team in the in the country. See,
1: see, see, Jace does agree with agree with me. He says I could see Georgia Tech giving Illinois a game, but I do want to see Oklahoma State. Illinois, of course, anybody wants to see Oklahoma State Illinois because of Cuttingham versus versus Dasumu and and Coburn. They want to see that matchup.
0: Oh, that, that'd be that'd be a really exciting sweet sixteen matchup. You know, I know the. You know, and recent members, I think that would probably be the most exciting Sweet 16 game going off the top of my head, you know, probably the last few years. Um, that, that'd be a fun one. Uh, Loyola Chicago, too, because Oklahoma State should not be a four. I totally agree with you. I'm going to go off for Loyola Chicago. They're Ken Palm top ten. They're an eight seed. They, uh, th- this team is really, really good. Uh, do you remember Cameron Cutwick? Um, I know.
1: I know the big guy.
0: Yeah, the he was he was an, an All American, third team All American. Yeah, thirteen. I uh, he you know he's great around the rim. Um, again, uh, he's a guy. If while looking at some shots, I think they could give Illinois a game too. I don't trust Josh Hafner uh, at all. Um, I, I know we we've discussed that. Uh, how how Georgia Tech won the ACC tournament is just uh, it's how bad the ACC was this year. To, and they the got and team. they and they got the night off too. They did too. That that definitely helped them. Did not have to play Virginia because I think Virginia would have beat them that night, but or in the semifinals. Um, but the rest of this one, you know, um, again, Tennessee's vulnerable. I think they're upset. Um, I, I do love Calvin Sampson in, the, in this um, Houston team. But again, this is kind of another. You know, with the way Illinois is playing, I feel like. This kind of may be the one region where, may, you know, we see that that once, you know, that and these really kind of go down here before the Final Four. Um, I, I do think we're probably going to see it, even, I, even though Illinois is playing really, really well right now. Uh, that's kind of my opinion on this region, but it, it's, um, yeah, I could, you know, definitely want to see Oklahoma State and, and um, Illinois go at it. Absolutely, 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 S-
1: absolutely. So, who's wh- your sleeper team in the Midwest region?
0: Uh, yeah, you're probably not. You're probably shocked, if, uh, but I got I got grumpy old Jim Beheim in the orange. Got
1: yeah, Beheim in the orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're,
0: you're, this is always a spot, you know. Again, yeah, I, mean, I know because we've seen
1: we've seen this with Syracuse. We saw it in 2000 yeah. and uh we saw it in 2013 when they got to the final four as a number four seed. Uh, I th- I think they were in 2016. I think they were a number. They, I think they were number ten, ten seed that year when they got to the final four. So we've seen we've seen this happen. Definitely seen it happen before with Syracuse. Even the even uh, three years ago, they upset Michigan State. So we've seen it. We've seen it before with Syracuse in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, you know, for a San Diego State team that really hasn't seen a two three zone like this, I think it could give them fits because they're not Matt Mitchell is still on this team, but they're still not the greatest offensive team in in the world. Um, but the you know the way Buddy Behan's shooting the basketball right now, they could be a tough out. Even though San Diego State's defense is really really good, I really love their defense. But I could see them knocking off West Virginia too because they lost Oscar Oscar Tobias. West Virginia did. That's their big rim protector, and this is not a Finch's Bob Huggins defensive team, which I I love watching. And that's not that team this year. Um, I, I I could really see the Orange going up against Houston in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh
1: wow, wow, wow! So my sleeper, my sleeper pick is a, uh, and you're not gonna like this one, Georgia Tech, just because of some of the talent they have with uh, with Moses Wright and with Jose Alvarado. I think they they could be a sleeper team in the tournament, even though they're playing Illinois. They they probably are the sleeper team for me in in in, in this field.
0: Yeah, I could see it because of the way, because how many steals they get. Again, you know, if you're if Illinois comes into a game loose with the ball. I could see Georgia Tech taking advantage of that. It'd be able to knock them off if if it's a game where Georgia Tech, you're Illinois is really not ready to go. I, I could I could definitely see Georgia Tech here uh, knock them off. I think they'd give them the game the way they play defense.
1: Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, we'll see, we'll see there. But what is your big upset in this region?
0: My big upset, I um, I have um, what I had um Morehead, Moorhead State. I Ooh,
1: like wow, wow. Beaten, beaten West Back Virginia.
0: Yeah. Wow, um, wow No, wow. wait. No, I had Liberty. What am I saying? Liberty. I had Moorhead second. I, Liberty, actually. Ooh, no, Liberty
1: Cunningham. beating Cuttingham. Wow, wow.
0: I think because again, he, um, Richie McKay is a um, Tony Bennett guy. They play like Virginia does. If they could somehow make Oklahoma State a half-court team, they struggle to score the ball, though. But... um this team's already won a game in March Madness. I feel like Oak State, if they could kind of slow down Cape Cunningham and make somebody else beat them, which they've been doing better of late, but um, but still, I, I think Liberty is a team to watch out for with the way they play, if they can they can kind of keep the game to the 60s. I, I do really like this Liberty team. This um uh who they beat. I think they beat um they pounded South Carolina by, like, 16. They beat Mississippi State. They gave Purdue all they can handle. They played t- TCU tough. I forget the last team they played. They played a tough non conference schedule, um, and, and they played teams tough. They played power five teams tough. So I, I, I like Liberty here, Oh, you know, um, 13 seed that knows how to win in this tournament. They've done it before. You know, they've won one game before. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. My
1: my uh my big upset. It's not that big of an upset. It's Syracuse over up uh, San Diego State because I saw San Diego State. Uh, I saw they they shot under like thirty percent from three in the in the up uh, in the Mountain West Championship game. And you're gonna have to shoot threes to beat Syracuse. and I don't think they're gonna be able to do it.
0: Yeah, I can see they they they. That's their kind of their one weakness is shooting. Um, they you know they could they 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 they're good on the glass, but yeah, I could kind of see Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse so knock them off. 'Cause their only offense really is Matt Mitchell. He's the one big guy. You really gotta slow down on that team.
1: Uh absolutely, absolutely. So who do you have winning the Midwest region?
0: I got uh I got Houston. I I got oh, the Houston. Oh. Ooh, wow, wow.
1: You yeah, got I get, Houston. I got
0: Houston. Um now who do, have, I, who do you have who do you have the beating? Oklahoma State, even though I have Liberty. I, oh, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I'm like really worried. That's why I was going back and forth on Moorhead. Yeah. Um but I, I think Boalt State can get by. I think they can knock off Illinois. What don't you like and about Illinois? I I like this team with Desumo and uh, Coburn. I just my problem is I can't have three one seats. That's oh, that, that's issue. like against that's your. True. That's
1: against the way you pick. You don't like to. Yeah. You don't like the chalk at all, so you don't like taking three one
0: seats. Yep, And then it's like, I got to find a six or a six seed or something. You know, I got to find like a four, you know, I'm, I, I try to find like the big upsets in this thing. I, you know, uh, do I have not made it like an official bracket yet? Uh, I'll wait till Friday morning.
1: And you probably so, have a bunch of brackets too.
0: Oh, I do. the 25 brackets. Yeah, of course, of I, course. I, I, do.
1: I, I do one. I do one. I, I don't like doing multiple brackets. I do one. I'm all in on one. I do one. I, I do six pools, but I do one bracket, same bracket
0: for each one. Yeah! Wow. I, I I don't know. I me. I'm just. I uh, I don't. know. I'm trying to chase the perfect bracket. That's what I you – know. I don't know why I'm always trying to chase that perfect bracket. Wow. That's wow. why. Were you al- were you almost close? I've gotten a Saturday midway Saturday perfect, and then I, I I lost. Oh really? Wow. So that's the best I've done.
1: Have you ever had like How a you- Have you ever tried like a great bracket?
0: I think I think two years ago I had Virginia. Winning it versus Texas State or Texas Tech, um, I think was kind of my best one. I think totally. I,
1: I had one year I had a really good bracket. 2012. I picked all the NBA talent, and it got me really far. It did, yeah. But you know, Ohio State blew that semi. I, I had Ohio State beating Calipari in Kentucky, but Ohio State blew that semifinal game against Kansas. But I had a great bracket that year.
0: Did you? Who, so I. Uh, who would
1: you have in the Final Four? Do you have, like – I had Louisville. I had it perfect. I had Louisville, Kentucky, Ohio State, and and a Kansas. And the reason I did it was because I liked all the NBA talent. I loved Kentucky's NBA talent. I liked Thomas Robinson. I liked Jared Sullinger. So I liked all the NBA talent. So why I picked it because Louisville Good was like part. a four seed. I had Louisville in Florida in the Elite Eight that year because of Bradley Beal. Really? Yeah
0: yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Usually it hasn't panned out the last
1: year. It never does. It just that was the one year it panned out. And I picked yeah. it based on that and actually one of my best brackets. But then I did yeah. uh the 2014 and I had a terrible bracket because I picked on NBA talent. Oh, uh, did you?
0: Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. UConn boys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. With yeah. The, with the uh, shocker. But yeah. yeah.
1: But going back to what I got when in the Midwest region, I got uh I got Illinois beating uh beating West Virginia. I, I I like West Virginia. I like Juice McBride. I like uh, Sam McNeil. And obviously Illinois. To me, they're the best team in the country.
0: you yeah, illinois Illinois. You know they're they're playing really well. I like them. I just I cannot have the three teams in the final four. So. For some
1: reason, you can't. No, no, no. No. Yeah, can, yeah. I'm
0: trying to. I'm trying to chase because I know it's not happening. So I'm trying to find those like three seeds that you know.
1: Gotcha. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking at. Gotcha, gotcha. So my final four is Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois. So I have Gonzaga beating Texas in the first semi, Baylor beating Illinois in the second semi, and then I'll give you the national championship. Give me my national championship after you give me your final four.
0: So I got Gonzaga, Alabama, and I'm not going to be like the rest of the country. I got Alabama knocking on Gonzaga. I don't want to be with the rest of the country. Wow, wow, wow. And then I have Houston, Baylor, yeah, and I – do have Baylor knocking off Houston, even though I want okay. to pick Houston.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I'll give my national championship pick. I got Illinois beating Gonzaga in the national championship game.
0: So you're pretty much like the rest of America.
1: Pretty much it's, like the rest of America, but I didn't take Gonzaga. I took Illinois. No,
0: you didn't. You took Illinois. But I'll yeah, give you Illinois. that. I took Illinois. I have Baylor um, and Bama. I have Bama winning it at the moment. Wow! Wow! You like at you the like, moment. You really like Bama. I do. But it, the worry is the three-pointers. Again, this is not my final thing yet. But at the moment, I am favoring Alabama over Baylor. Yeah. I try to find – yeah, I also try to find a team that is less popular as well.
1: Of course, of course, of course, yeah. of course. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So that's you can win. Thinking.
1: That's kind of a way to win. It. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I, That's my thinking. That's why I look at the three and four seats. Gotcha. Even gotcha. though sometimes it doesn't pan out, sometimes yeah, it yeah. does.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so it should be a great weekend. Mark Madness is back for the first time in two years. It's great to have it back, and it'll all. And it starts tomorrow. The first, the first four games, but then everything gets going on Friday. So we're really, really excited for that. But we have to talk about some sad news at UConn, and that's Gene O'Neal. Unfortunately, tested positive for COVID, and um, he's asymptomatic, so he'll rejoin the team on March 24th. But just really, we just hope he's okay, and it'll be, and, and and hope he'll be okay to be back on the 24th.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, hopefully, um, I think I heard you know no symptoms. I think a day or two ago, which is a good sign. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can, hopefully well gets better can rejoin the team. And don't think they'll need him here for the first. game. You know, I think they'll be okay without him here. In the-
1: yeah, they'll be they'll they'll be fine with Chris Daly as as head coach. They'll be fine. Yeah, they, they should yeah. they should be fine with Chris Daly as a head coach. But one final piece of news before we end the show, and that is LeBron James, a Yankee fan. Is now a part owner of the Red Sox. So kind of interesting there. He's joining, you know, the Fenway Sports Group, him and Maverick Carter as as partial owners of the Red Sox. So kind of interesting there. It'll be fun. Makes some fun to see, you know, the box at Fenway Park, seeing LeBron in that. I don't know how many games he'll go to, but seeing LeBron in that box at Fenway.
0: Yeah, it, it will. It's interesting. Is he a Yankee fans? Is he a Dodger fan? Is he, I know Indian like Cleveland. fan? Yeah. Indian fan, yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe just a fan of baseball. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this was a surprise and I had to do like a double take to actually see, you know, if I just, my eyes just were not deceiving me, but yeah, it, you know, interesting. It'll, you know, it'll be interesting how many games he goes to, but yeah, you know, it, I guess it, it kind of helps having some of these big time stars maybe in the game of the I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. But we'll, it may make it, may, it will make it, yeah, make the Red Sox some more interesting to see LeBron in, in the owner's box, mm-hmm. but that's going to wrap it up this week on sports talk with R and J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, and Justin Donatrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking uh, more March Madness, wrapping up NFL free agency, and talking some NBA trade deadline. So, everyone, enjoy March Madness and have an outstanding weekend. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened.
0: Lee, it's over! The Red Sox have won the world Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's OB's Backstop Podcast. You catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform.